it's a real problem. Australia has a housing crisis. A crisis which is affecting all sorts of people. Welcome to the Urban Property Investor. I'm your host, Sam Saggers, here to help you crack the code of real estate wealth. Today's show, Population Economics 101, Australia has a demand problem. Yes, we're going to dig into the demand side of the equation when it comes to real estate. And of course, what is happening in society is mind-boggling. There are literally no homes for people to live in. So let's have that demand conversation because it's a pretty impactful conversation on all of us. Hey, welcome back regulars. I hope you're enjoying the program this year, the podcast. I hope it's ticking your boxes. You're feeling good about life. And of course, uh, if it's your first time tuning in, well, welcome aboard. You're in for a treat. We're going to dig into the real world of economics today. Uh, but look, there are some rules here at the Urban Property Investor. You've got to play the show, which is basically me in double speed. So get used to my voice and speed me up. And of course, uh, if you like the idea of learning about real estate, all the podcasts I've done are actually lessons on real estate. So go back, go back in time if you have to. Uh, go and check out some lessons on other concepts within the real estate world. But I tell you what, as regulars know, I absolutely hate my neighbor, the gospeter. He mows the lawn every day. Uh, the grass is beautifully manicured. He does not let it grow too long whatsoever. And even worse, on a windy day, he will leaf blow. He basically is addicted to leaf blowing. And of course, this is his outlet, leaf blowing and lawn mowing, and I live next to this man. But I also have other neighbours, and interesting enough, a lot of my new neighbours live in their car. Yes, I live on a quaint little cute beach in Sydney. The beach has got a great level of localised amenity and great showers, great bathrooms, and for anyone who enjoys living in a motor vehicle, well, they see it as a bit of a mecca to come and hang out. It's safe, it's quiet. Really, us locals don't mind the odd person living in a car hanging out in the hood. Uh, now, I've lived here for 12 years, and over that 12 years, I've had my fair share of strange Swedish people and awkward German backpackers living in vans hanging out in the street because of the local amenity. What I'm not used to is local people who get up every day, go to work, uh, and come home and live in vans and cars living in the area. And uh, really, these People are great people. I have a chat with them when I walk Raffy the dog, uh, you know, at night. I can get on the cans and have a bit of fun. But I tell you what, it's a real problem. Australia has a housing crisis, a crisis which is affecting all sorts of people. Now, you could do a simple Google search of Australians living in tents today. You'll be absolutely 
surprised to find that people are living in their cars, people are living in tents. Uh, Today, even, we are seeing owners of properties renting out grass in their backyard for people to pitch the tent. So if you want to make some extra money uh, and you like the idea of someone living in a tent in your uh, grassed area of your backyard, you could make 100, 150 bucks a week. It's a real problem unfolding inside of society. We don't have a homeless problem. We have a real estate problem. We have a housing crisis. People do not have houses to live in. They have money. They have jobs. They just simply do not have the dwellings that are available for them to go and live in and rent. And of course, our population is growing and breaking records. Uh, We have had all-time population growth records set over the last year, year and a half. In fact, overseas migration uh, has been huge to the point where we are now seeing records get shattered. And of course, population economics is a thing. The idea that around the world we are seeing populations start to decline and of course aging populations and a lack of taxpayers at the bottom of many countries ecosystems so population wars are real right now oecd countries are literally trying to get as many people into their population base while they're young and skilled and it is a phenomenon which is unfolding at a global level. Uh, The chase for talent, for people to come to your economy is real. And here in Australia, we are addicted to the idea that a bigger population equals a bigger GDP output. And for politicians, they're all over this because they know by simply increasing your population, you avoid recessions because you've got more people coming into your system, spending and stimulating the economy. And of course, uh, no politician really wants a traditional recession on their watch. And one of the best ways to avoid that is just to monitor growth of the country and speed up migration to correlate and supersede it to always have a result of a uh, GDP output, not a recession, but uh, the opposite, a surplus. And of course, uh, record migration is now a thing. We've already smashed the May federal budget projection of 524,000 people. Uh, And as we look at the numbers, from overseas, we've had uh, statistics this year alone to date around 480,000 people come to the country before you even talk about the idea that local people have babies and you add them to the stockpile of new people. 
And so at a global level, we are seeing a real chase for this. And of course, many countries around the world uh, have cottoned on to how Australia has navigated through really uh, three decades without a recession and understanding that, wow, if you grow your population, you can kind of avoid some of the problems of a recession unfolding in your economy. But off the back of that, you create a housing problem. And uh, certainly countries around the world have got their fair share of housing problems, particularly in OECD countries. Canada's population last year increased by over a million people. This is a country, this 40 million person country. It's a huge growth rate. And you see a correlation in prices increasing in that country. And we will see this here as well. Every time you increase your population by 1%, there's usually a correlation of price increases by around 4%. So the rolling annual population change in Australia, according to the Australian Bureau of Statistics, is massive. Uh, it is currently at about 560,000 and we haven't finished the year yet. And of course, that's the increase in population. So once you apply overseas immigration and add it to births, deaths, you get a population surplus. So it's circa 560,000 people. Now, to, to highlight an average of effectively um, population increase, it's typically 280,000 people per annum. We're at 560,000. So why are there people living in cars at the end of my road? Because we are growing at a rapid rate of knots. Now, you guys know this. I talk about this a lot. Australia has a business plan by 2050, we want something like 40 million people. We're on track to obliterate that record as per these growth rates. These are huge. 560,000 people is the size of, uh, you know, Canberra, uh, and it's 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 been created in one year. And again, like these are massive, massive numbers. So when we talk about what is going on in Australian real estate, we don't have a supply issue per se. We've actually got a demand problem. We've got way too much demand when it comes to how Australia is growing. And of course, our builders cannot keep pace with the rate of growth of people. And of course, uh, immigration, you know, 480,000 people this year alone and the year's not over have been added to our permanent migration system. Now, typically, that is around 160,000 people per annum when measured over a 30-year period. We're at 480,000. Now, remember, <clears throat> population is a function of treasury. Really, uh, Treasury comes up with the concept how we put a speed limit on the intake of people to try and sort of balance the books, so to speak. And of course, 
Australia is one of the best at cheating the system and putting more people into their population to avoid those concepts around a recessive environment. We are really a high growth nation. And of course, uh, countries around the world are going to struggle into the future. We've kind of reached the point where a lot of countries around the world are going into population decline. China's in population decline. Japan's in population decline. Many Eastern European countries are in population decline. They are basically countries of old people with no young people at the bottom of the funnel. And of course, uh, I've mentioned this before, you could live in Hungary, whereby if you have four children that all reside in Hungary, you do not pay income tax. Why don't you pay income tax? Because you've created four new taxpayers for the future Hungarian economy. So population wars are real. Uh, and Australia is a big Venus flytrap for more people coming into the system. We cannot produce enough of our own people, so we go and take skilled people from other places. And of course, this is great because you do not have to pay for those people to grow. Uh, children don't create any economic output, but bring students here uh, extend their visas, make them permanent residents, and you will get an economic output from that situation. So, of course, uh, immigration is likely to rise further as the year unfolds and into 2024. It's estimated that the population increase will reach 626,000 people by the uh, by New Year's Day. Wow, can you think of that? That is amazing. 626,000 people in one year alone. And of course, this is creating housing stress. There's, there is no practical way you could build that many properties to keep up with that type of population increase. So we're out of kilter. And uh, often people sort of remark to me, you know, where to next for the Australian real estate market? Well, right now, uh, we've got to build properties to basically deal with a situation of rampant migration. Like we have not seen numbers like this ever before in Australia's history. And uh, in some respects, it's been deliberately engineered by the current federal government. Um, they have done all sorts of things to fast track people into the country. And obviously, they've come off a low base whereby, you know, the borders were shut. But uh, they've done, you know, deliberate concepts to bring people here faster um, they've extended postgraduate visas by two years to keep um, skilled people in the economy. Uh, they've commit, committed budget to clear the backlog of over a million temporary visa holders in the system at the moment. And they're fast-tracking, basically rubber-stamping many visa applications, as many as possible, to get more permanent migration into the economy. 
Uh, they're doing all sorts of things with non-humanitarian uh, migrate migration intake. They've raised um, uh, that by 30,000 people. Um, they've approved, you know, emergency pandemic visas of people that uh, were here and on that visa system they've they've allowed for that uh, visa class to to stay further and they're really prioritizing offshore visa applications and fast tracking them meaning people can apply from overseas and and ultimately get heard faster and move through the system faster i think the current albanese government has actually uh, employed around 600 more staff in the department of migration or immigration um, to get things moving and things are moving. And, uh, you know, really the, the, the whole concept, if you like, is coming through a lot of extra students coming into the system and even the student migration numbers are off the chart. And of course, students don't have permanent migration. They have temporary migration and, uh, Australia's even done a deal with India whereby there's mutual recognition of each other's um, uh, basically qualifications and this is now fast-tracking a lot of Indians into the system whereby Indians can migrate to Australia with the right qualifications. They don't have to stop and get mutual recognition of their qualifications or do more student concepts to upgrade their qualifications. All of a sudden, we are now going to see a massive, massive intake of more people. So immigration is likely to rise even more, which is kind of bonkers because I got people living in cars at the end of the street. And these aren't homeless people. These people that get up every day and go to work and go to offices and go to um, go to manufacturing places and, and uh, you know, just do their thing. But uh, is there enough rental properties for them to rent? The answer is no. Are rents affordable? The answer is no. And, of course, um, a lot of the decisions being made from today, people living alternative ways uh, to live through different means of shelter, cars, tents, things like that. It's both uh, an economical decision um, and also a decision because we're just simply running out of properties. So the change in persons by year end should be about 640,000 people, which is crazy. And then if you apply a percentage of population increase to that number, it's actually at around 2.25%, which is high growth. Remember, if you increase your population by about 1%, you get a correlation of around 4% capital growth or price uh, increase. And uh, we're at 2.5%. And of course, this is where, well, 2.25%. So this is where you're potentially seeing now real estate increase in value. And it may even do 10%. We've already made up for all of the losses that occurred during the rampant uh, Philip low interest rate rises. And uh, 
right now all of those temporary losses have now dissipated and we are back in gain territory where the average dwelling in the last three months is up about $25,000. And a lot of this has to do with, again, the situation around Australia's population growth. And of course, with population growth, you're going to get a level of inflation if goods don't keep up with really people. And uh, ultimately, property is a good, there's just not enough of it. So prices are increasing. And of course, that adds to underlying inflation. Uh, Obviously, if there's an abundant amount of goods out in society, and you've got more people coming in to your society, uh, you're not going to have that inflationary uh, challenge of everyone competing for less goods. But certainly rent makes up a large proportion of the uh, annual and monthly inflation data that the Reserve Bank checks out. And of course, um, there is a lot of pressure on the rental market at the moment by virtue of permanent migration Uh, long-term arrivals, and of course, student intakes coming into the system. And uh, the latest Home Affairs data shows about 654,000 temporary student visas have been issued uh, thus far, and that's uh, over $100,000 more, $100,000 visas more than pre-pandemic uh, the pre-pandemic peak. So it, it's huge. We are breaking records of more students arriving. And uh, the data the, the data is not lying here. There's literally uh, new uh, numbers which support that this is the biggest year on record for Australia's population growth. Now, student... Temporary student visas on issue in 2023, 654,000. If I go back to, say, 2019, which was really the last year of, uh, you know, no interruption, a non-COVID year, if if you like, it was 553,000. So you can see we're already up 100,000 in student visas issued. Obviously, during the pandemic, you know, things dropped down to... 357,000 in 2022. Um, Obviously, the tail end of the pandemic. Uh, We are at 654,000 from 2022, 357,000. So students are coming and it's fair to say students have money. Like these are not your quintessential stereotypes type student are they like they are renting good properties they are renting uh in good neighborhoods they are not broke they come from uh great middle class wealthy countries uh from canada from um america from singapore from china uh from the philippines from uh, Indonesia and and they've got money and so they're dropping money into the system and again this is what everyone is competing with 
We are on track for 600,000 plus permanent population increase and we are having 600,000 plus new migration uh, students into the system. It's over 1.2 million more people on the demand side that real estate needs to accommodate for. And of course, the Australian housing construction system is broken. Like there are that many builders that have had to struggle through the inflationary situation over the last two years that they're just not capable of building fast enough. Uh, They are behind already on jobs that got slowed down during the pandemic. Uh, They're running late, left, right and centre. And of course, um, there's been financial challenges in that industry as well, whereby costs versus the job have just blown completely apart. And it's of no fault of their own. They're just caught in an economic upswing of inflation that uh, was caused off the back of obviously global cash rate dropping to zero during a pandemic and governments stimulating the economy with too much Keynesian economics of basically pouring money into the economy through quantitative easing. So you've got a tale of two worlds. You've got a country obsessed on population increase and the reason that is unfolding now it's a talent grab. You know, if you're if you think of your economy and you have a triangle and you have old people at the top of the triangle and at the base of the triangle young people, you've got the perfect economy. If you turn that triangle upside down and you've got more old people at the top of the triangle and at the bottom of the triangle, the spearhead, you've got young people you've got a problem economy. And so the OECD world is across this because every OECD country is going through an aging population and not enough young people being born to prop up the aging population. Now, if we cast our mind back to the Greek economy collapsing about 10 years ago, they had the inverted triangle. Too many old people needing the pension, not enough young people paying tax. And of course, every OECD country in the world is across that now. And so it is a game of population wars. Fortunately, Australia, of course, is considered safe. It's rather isolated, so it doesn't sort of have too many geopolitical issues. Um, It's, you know got no borders uh, as such, whereby our next door neighbours, you know, hostile to us. Uh, It's got a good standard of living, uh, very livable cities, some of the most livable cities in the world, regularly in the top 10, 20 most livable places on planet Earth. There's lots of jobs here. There's great education there's great universities, and there's great lifestyle. Like, let's face it, um, you know, beautiful beaches, and uh, whether you're living in a car or living in a house, it's it's a beautiful place, right? And so 
the reason the government needs to go for it is by not going for it, you're creating a big problem for future generations to deal with a much, uh, much bigger problem, which is a lack of taxpayers and basically a lot of old people. We're living a lot longer. Um, we're not dying at 60, we're dying at 90. And so there's that to contend with. So if you don't go for it, you're just going to miss out on the skill. And who's going to take the skill? Canada, America, the United Kingdom, New Zealand. They're going for the same skill. Everyone is on the hunt for skilled talent. And of course, you poor people in your economy, you get more money circulating the economy and uh, your economy grows. That's the model. Um, and simply put, that model is at odds with how much real estate can be produced. So we don't necessarily have a supply problem. We have a demand problem, albeit right now, which is probably the worst time to try and increase your population because we've just come off a challenge of supplying and completing real estate. Projects aren't getting off the ground. Mathematics doesn't work. The cost to deliver projects around Australia isn't, isn't working out. Uh, developers can't make things financial. Government can't make things financial. And so there's a real lack of production of product, of stock, of real estate. Whether it's an apartment, whether it's a house, there's, there's not a lot being produced. And so you take record migration and a low of completions and you have soaring rents and unbelievably right now we have prices increasing. And one could argue after so many interest rate rises um, that the real estate market should ultimately have fallen and capitulated further than what it did. But all of those gains that were lost temporarily have been regained in the marketplace. And one could argue that it has a lot to do with the algorithm of population increase. And when you look at the numbers, it kind of does sub support the fact that if you increase your population by 1%, you get around 4% price growth in both rental growth and capital growth. Now, again, if uh, we were to look at dwellings uh, that are being complete and the, you know, basically population growth year to date, it's, it's chalk and cheese. Like, you know, even if you... Uh, multiply the population per household uh, per the 2.5 person per household. Uh, if you extrapolate, you know, we've got over 600,000 people plus 600,000 students uh, and, uh, you know, let's say 2.5 persons per household use a dwelling, the math still doesn't work. It does not work. And here in Australia, we have not been building enough properties. We, we, 
we have never worked out how to really double our production rate of new homes. We've never worked it out. It's been going on like that since the early 2000s. And, uh, you know, if we look at the Australian dwelling value increase, it correlates the conversation that if you grow your population by a percent, you're going to get 4% growth. And we've seen that. We've seen up to 8% growth in real estate by virtue of the growth rate. And of course, if we look at the rental growth figures, right now, rental growth this year alone has been around 10%. And of course, if we look at the vacancy rate, the best way to understand the vacancy rate is a balanced market where neither the landlord nor the tenant are in charge of who dictates the terms. That's 3% of stock. Uh, we are at less than 1% nationally. So the landlord is very much in charge. And the average rent per week annually has gone up uh, by a, a staggering amount, a staggering amount. Like it's been one of the sharpest increases in rent uh, that we have seen since the 80s, which is just amazing. So for anyone who owns real estate, I mean, the benefit of this is your real estate is certainly performing at a higher rental return than what it has done in the past. And I know for many property investors, it's been the point where things have tipped over from basically negative geared to positive cash flow or positive geared. And I, I can attest to that, that really this is the gift that keeps on giving because now uh, a lot of real estate actually performs at a just much higher rate of income, uh, income support for the investor. And again, like... Um, I think we, we, we've still got a further to climb when it comes to rental improvement and uh, it's going to put more stress on people. Uh, it's going to put more stress on inequality. It's going to make more people live in cars and uh, probably come down to my little quiet nook. We don't mind. We don't mind people in cars here. Uh, it's good fun. At night, there's a few barbecues and a few cans on offer um, and... Uh, Everyone's, you know, sweet and sold to the earth, as they say. But I tell you what, uh, it's a real thing, right? I've seen images of tents popping up in, in Melbourne CBD and Sydney CBD, the backdrop of the, uh, the Opera House. Um, and uh, it's all to do with the misalignment with how many properties are out there and uh, just how many people are coming into the country. Um, so house prices are back, property values are increasing, dwelling values are on the rise, uh, rents are you know still on the rise. And of course, the backdrop of all that is, well, you can't have your cake and eat it too. I mean, at the end of the day, if interest rates were to drop too much, this would blow up. This would absolutely blow up. Like you would see real estate climb way too much in value and uh, probably reach a tipping point where, you know, it, it's no one in their right mind could borrow money to buy real estate. And so, you know, 
probably from a cash rate point of view, you know, uh, a big drop in the cash rate would be the worst thing right now. I think, uh, you know, based on where things are at, just, uh, you know, where we're at now, it's the new normal, you know, moderate rise, a moderate decrease, like really, you know, it doesn't work. The mass does not work. You've got way too much demand, way too much demand. And of course, basic economics 101, if you've got too much demand and not enough product, you get price increases. It's basically the, the formula of any economic principle, whether it's bananas, whether it's new cars, whether it's handbags. It's a supply and demand metric. Demand is through the roof. And as I say, I do not think we have a supply problem. Uh, I, the, like, as in, I should clarify that statement. We actually have a supply problem. There's a lot of stock not being produced. But the only way to balance the model is you cannot necessarily produce more product to mirror the demand. You're probably going to have to slow the demand down to mirror the product. But that's probably not going to happen. And uh, there's bigger forces at play. And probably the biggest force is population wars. Population wars. We are at war. And uh, the government knows that. And they're going out and getting anyone with a heartbeat and uh, a, uh, you know, moderate degree in something, a skill in some form and uh, dropping them into the economy. That's the model. Population wars. All right, folks. Uh, I, I don't know if you can take anything away from that, but shout out to those people that uh, love living in advance. Maybe I'll go living in the car for the night. Why not? Let's see what it's like. Is it comfortable? Is it uh, cozy? Do you feel alive? Maybe we all don't feel alive enough sleeping in a cozy bed. Yeah, I'll ponder on that one. All right, folks, thanks for tuning in. I'll catch you on the next episode as we talk more real estate. Thanks for tuning in to the Urban Property Investor. To never miss an episode, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app or on YouTube. And I would love it if you could give the show a rating and share it with your friends and family. In between episodes, you can always keep in touch with me by connecting on social media over Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Until we meet again on the next episode with the Urban Property Investor, take care and bye for now.